0: Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Learn the language of
1: spirit. This is the intuitive life with Laura Worcester. Hello, everyone. I'm Laura Wester, and welcome to The Intuitive Life, where we walk together and support each other on the path to becoming more spiritually aware, enlightened, and inspired. Today, we'll be discussing the main astrological trends of 2023. And here to delve deep into that discussion is Gal Sassan. And Gal is an astrologer, a, a Kabbalist, a mythologist, and author of A Wish Can Change Your Life, and Cosmic Navigator. Thousands of people have enthusiastically embraced his fresh approach to spirituality and his engaging, illuminating, and fun lectures and workshops presented around the world. Welcome to the Intuitive Life Podcast, Gal.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy man. I'm so glad you had the time to be able to, to connect with me today.
2: Yeah, it's also very auspicious. We're today um on the new moon in Libra, at least recording it on the new moon in Libra, just the day after uh the Jewish New Year. And according to Kabbalah and a lot of different spiritual traditions, the birthday of Adam and Eve. So that's kind of uh, auspicious for us.
1: Oh, great, fantastic. I'm glad we, I didn't even plan it this way, just that it kind of worked out this way <laughs> that that's we're recording. Usually how it works. Yeah, that's true. There is an order to so the universe isn't there. Um, I, I have a, a lot of seasoned astrology fans who listen to this podcast. I, I'm not an astrologer myself. Um, I don't understand it. I try so hard to try to understand it. Um, I leave it to the astrologers to explain it to me. <laughs> but I have a lot of seasoned, seasoned astrology fans who do listen. And um, But for those newbies um, and for people like me um, who, try, who try to understand astrology more, uh, what is your definition of astrology and what is its place in our daily life?
2: I would say that astrology is one of the most beautiful manifestation of the old alchemical axiom of as above, so below. So whatever is happening above is reflected in the below, which means life on earth, whatever is happening to us here on earth is somehow correlated to whatever is happening in our solar environment. I think that astrology is a a system of symbolism that can really help us understand the working of the one. You know a, a lot of religions and mythology, i mean all of the mystical traditions that i've read talk about the unity of the universe even in uh, the story of creation according to science if you go back 30.7 or 0.8 billion years ago you get to that point where we were all cramped into this tiny infinitely hot infinitely small place you can call just before the big bang the singularity and then we all kind of evolved out of that after billions and billions of years of cooling down in a sense so even in the story of creation according to science we all come from that same oneness and if we all come from the same oneness everything is connected therefore the solar system eh, environment that we have our neighborhood you can say is connected to us so i don't believe that the planets influence us per se i really believe in correlation meaning that whatever is happening up there is correlated not necessarily through causality. Jung, for example, who was a great astrologer and psychologist, talked about synchronicities. That's, uh, I think, that because he studied so much astrology, he managed to come up with the idea of archetypes, the idea of synchronicities, because all of them are embedded in astrology. There is a synchronicity between the moment you were born and the planets and where they were at that time. You know, for example, Native Americans a lot of time named their kids after whatever incident happened during the giving during the giving of birth so let's say a deer ran through the tipi camp he will be called running deer you know or a feather fend from the sky he will be called falling feather so the idea is the same thing with your astrological chart it's almost like it's a contract that you signed between you and the one between you and god whatever you want to call it by taking your first breath so the astrological chart is precisely that it's a it's a very clever contract that keep changing all the time that's why it's only one page you know you go to a lawyer to buy a house to buy a car there's like what 50 100 200 pages you have to go through if you ever refinance the house it's like a nightmare in astrology it's very simple it's one page but because every second this page changes through transit through progressions if you're looking at a chart of a person who was born that's the thing that he signed or she signed in order to guide her life in a sense you'll be able to see how it unfolds and how it changes one day after the other and then you basically look at one page instead of looking at hundreds and hundreds of pages but literally astrology or your chart is your contract between your soul even more than just you And the oneness, what are you willing to experiment and experience in this lifetime? So you decided if you're going to be born a man or a woman, you decided who will be your parents. Therefore, you decided your genetics. You also decided when you will be born and where you will be born. So astrology captures all of these decisions. And the reason why astrologers always ask you when were you born and where were you born is because they try to coordinate the time-space junction of your arrival you know that's the cross of matter by the way the cross is a very important symbol of way older than christianity the idea of putting together like a synchronicity that above and the below uh, coming together in a sense the space and time converging together that's the crossroad which is the astrological chart so for anybody who wants to understand what astrology is it is our place in the universe it is our mission in a sense, or you can look at it as a script that you came to act upon in your life. You know how they say life is a stage uh, or life is a, is a play. In a sense, the script is your chart. Now, you can be a great actress and deliver that script or uh, that that monologue in a very engaging way, without of changing your picture of voice and your hand movements and all that. And you're going to get an Oscar or you can have the same script, meaning the same chart. And you're not going to be very enthusiastic and you're going to get tomatoes thrown at you, even though it's the same script. So that's why yeah. people ask me, is there free will in astrology? And I always tell them, absolutely. Your chart is your script, but the way you read that script is your free will.
1: Uh, I love how you describe that because I often people will say, well, if our life is scripted, where does free will take place in all of this? And I love your description of that. It makes so much sense. Um, how does manifesting place in all of this?
2: Again, it's all connected. You know, I always give the example of gene, of nature and uh, nurture. You know, our genetics, what we came with from our family, that's your planets. You know, that's your Mars in Taurus. And that's your conjunction of the sun and the moon because you're born in the new moon or the opposition of Saturn to Jupiter, whatever. That's your genetics. That's what you're born with. You have to deal with it. But like genes, there is a range of how they can manifest. And that's your free will. You know, that's your ability to manifest. For example, you know that Mercury is now retrograde. Okay, you can decide to not do nothing and stay at home. Or you can say, okay, within the range of possibilities of Mercury retrograde, what can I manifest? Well, you can manifest going back to old projects that you have failed in to to deliver in the past or to complete in the past and go back to it and try it again because when you tried in mercury direct it didn't work therefore mercury retrograde it actually might work you know yeah. so you know that you're heading towards a new moon for example in my new book on astrology because every year i publish a book on the next year you know the astrology of next year so i just finished the 2023 book uh, that's one of the reasons why i'm coming to your uh, neighborhood to circle of wisdom In that book, there is a whole section about moon magic, and that's precisely manifestation. So what does it mean? It means that every new moon, if you know when it is happening and what is the sphere of influence of that new moon, basically what is the sign, you can decide what I want to manifest that month. I can make a wish, I can plant a seed. But the same way that farmers have to know when to plant and what to plant where, or even what kind of plants to plant next to each other. Same thing if you know that there is coming up a new moon and you want to manifest something new in your life, knowing that the next new moon, for example, is going to be in Scorpio and you know that Scorpio is about passion and intimacy and sexuality and transformation and the occult, okay, maybe I'll try to manifest something that has to do with my healing ability, so I'm going to actually go and do my Reiki masterclass. Okay, you manifested it and the right time, and therefore, like a farmer planting the right seed, it will grow. Don't forget that astrology was developed in the time that we were Basically domesticating plants, and we needed a, a clock. We needed a watch. We needed a, a timer to know when to plant plant seeds and when to harvest. There, that's why Aries is the initiator and in the seed because it's happening in the twenty-first of March. You know, the beginning of the barley se- uh, season, and why the Lady of the Harvest, Virgo, is happening in August because that's a time where we harvest. So the whole idea of astrology was developed originally to help farmers. That's why it's very much based on uh, farming, on the ability to grow things. And today, not all of us are farmers, but we're still farming our soul. We're still farming ourselves, our egos. We still need tools to know when to plant and when to uh, harvest.
1: Mm. Yeah. So so that's why people would go to... Some, sometimes I feel like people look to astrologists to tell them what to do, but to go to an astrologer to find out the timing of things and what what the energy is and how the bet like you said for the best um, ways what when to plant ideas and projects and things like that. Precisely, it makes it- there's
2: a lot of kinds of astrology. This is electoral astrology when you basically elect the time for a marriage, for a for a business, you know, for even when to give birth. After this, I'm doing a, a session with a lady who was told that she needs to do a C-section in a certain week. So when could she do that? a c-section to create the most compatible chart to the rest of the family that's an example Mm -hmm. there are a lot of time mundane astrology for example that deals more with politics that deals more with Current events, uh, that's one of the services I give every Sunday. Since the beginning of the pandemic, I decided that it is a time to give to people. So every Sunday I do a class at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, free class for everybody. They can go to my website and check it out. And we talk about uh, you know, the chart of Ukraine, the chart of Russia, and what is happening now um, in Italy, for example. So mm-hmm. all of these uh, things that are happening to us that today, what today we call news is tomorrow's history. And astrology is the science of history, understanding patterns.
1: Okay. So talking about, you know, what's happening presently and going into 2023, you know, you said you just spoke about how every week you talk to people about what's happening in the world and the astrological trends. Now, what what can we look forward to for 2023 and how can we make the most of that of the coming year?
2: You know, I always think that uh, astrology tells us about the junctions that are happening, but it's up to us how we drive in that junction. And if we look left and right before we cross the junction, you know, or if we stop in the stop sign. So next year is intense. That's why in the book of 2023, I basically talked about transversing the bridge. There is a bridge movement of the people. There's a lot of change happening next year because a lot of very important planets are changing signs. So we're going to have, first of all, the most dramatic thing about 2023 is, first of all, the fact that it starts in a Mercury retrograde and a Mars retrograde. So, you know, if somebody comes to me and says they want to open a new business, I would not let them do it in Mercury retrograde or get married. I wouldn't let them do that. Or they want to buy a car, not not when Mars is retrograde. Sorry. So think about the year that came to an astrologer and says when should i start and the astrologer said don't start doing mercury in mars retrograde and the year goes ahead and do it anyway you know so it means that it's going to be a year when we have to go back uh, back in time back to old times there's going to be a lot of nostalgia that's why there's going to be a lot of attempts of people to go to a time where they felt safe and secured and i'm not talking only about individual i'm talking also about countries or about you know governments so the most important thing that's against that uh, that flow is the fact that in march we're going to have pluto for the first time in 250 years moving to aquarius just to put it in perspective aquarius is a revolution technology innovation, power to the people and pluto represents revolution death and resurrection and it takes 250 years for pluto to go around the sun therefore uh, it takes 250 years to come back to the same sign now if you look at historically speaking when was pluto in aquarius last time well Precise. no actually it's a little bit later but we had the uh, we actually wrote the constitution at that time so the constitution was written, the French revolution happened, the peak mm-hmm. of the uh, industrial revolution that we're still dealing with because all the fossil fuel use and all of the things that we are talking about right now with the climate started because of the uh, industrial revolution. And think about how much there is talk now about the constitution. Is it constitution? It's not constitution. What is the constitution? Should we change the constitution? You know, that's mm-hmm. precisely because it's coming to a whole cycle of returning you know and i think that what's going to happen is that pluto because it's a slow planet is going to move back and forth in the next 2 years between capricorn which is the most traditional conservative sign and aquarius which is the sign of the future revolution young young kids so we're going to have back and forth for example in 2023 we're going to have from march until june Pluto in um, Aquarius, then it's going to go back to Capricorn. Then in 2024, it's going back to Aquarius. Then it's going to go back to Capricorn. I give in the book, the example of somebody making a move to, from two apartments. And because there's so much stuff to carry, because it's been so long in Capricorn. I mean, just that you understand Pluto moved into Capricorn in 2008, bang, we had the great recession, Mm -hmm. you know, now it's moving into Aquarius, bang, they're talking about another recession. So it's it's always like that when Pluto moves a different sign because he's the Lord of death and resurrection, it's almost like we hold our breath a little bit because the Lord death arrived. And after that, we can kind of relax and chill into it. But it basically means that the next year and a half on a personal level and also on a global level, you'll see back and forth this movement between... Pluto in Capricorn, like what happened uh, today or yesterday in Italy, that was somebody from the far right, semi-fascist, was you know, was elected. And then we're going to see suddenly Aquarius, uh, Pluto moving into Aquarius, which people are going to be even more revolutionary and more freedom-wanting than before. So there's going to be this transition back and forth. Also, we're having Saturn move from Aquarius, funny enough, where it was in the last, uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, actually. It's funny that Saturn moved into Aquarius right in March of 2020, when we had to change our perception of relationship with friendship, social distancing. Suddenly, everybody's working on Mm -hmm. Zoom. You know, all of these things are Aquarius. Aquarius is technology, innovation. Last time Saturn was in Aquarius, we invented the, 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 uh, internet, you know, the first files were transmitted in the internet when Saturn was in Aquarius. Next time Saturn in Aquarius, without the internet, the world would not have survived, you know, so Mm -hmm. now it's gonna move in March, same month of Pluto from Aquarius to Pisces. We're moving into a period that's gonna be more about dealing with addictions. So on a global level, already you see what's happening in Europe. They have to deal with the fact that they were addicted to Russian oil. And now Mm -hmm. it suddenly has to change. We on a personal level, what are you addicted to? What is your lack of boundaries? Where are you lost in dependency, codependency, alcoholism, escapism? All of those lessons are going to come back from March next year until uh, 2026. In addition, Jupiter is moving a sign. It's going to be in Aries, which gives. Presidents to everything has to do with action, movement, getting up, doing things from January until middle of May, Jupiter always is the giver of gifts. So if it's in Aries, it gives gifts to people who are Aries or to people who behave like Aries, which is, again, leadership, action, movement. Mm -hmm. Then from from middle of May. For a whole year, Jupiter, the planet of positivity, is going to move into Taurus, which is actually better for finance. It's good for art, design, colors, the five senses, and a whole year, we're all going to be Tauruses, you know. The other thing that's happening is the North Node, which always represents where the eclipses are since the end of 2021 until July of next year. It's been in Taurus and in Scorpio. Uh, All of us have to learn the lessons of Taurus. Again, finance, which is kind of interesting. Then from July of 2023, it's going to move into Aries, which is going to be teaching us lessons about, again, leadership initiation. So there's definitely a lot of movement happening in 2023. And the idea is the return to the people, you know, because that's again, Pluto in Aquarius is very dramatic. So it's about transforming your friendships, the companies you're working with, your affiliations, your values
0: want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit join artist Susie k edwards for a path of the butterfly a weekend workshop at omega institute's beautiful campus in rhinebeck new york may 24th through 26. experiment with a variety of art forms engage in mindfulness walking and silent meditation and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision this workshop is for beginners and professional artists Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive.
1: Yeah, it's just, I, I've been feeling this coming on for a while with 2023. It just is all, so much, is a sense of revolution happening. And so yep. that makes sense that there's a lot uh, in all different forms here, whether it be more closer to home with family and also um, on a grander scale with with finances and everything. So if if someone was to... Say, say someone has a, a, a fear, and I've been hearing from different people, you know through my own clientele and everybody. Some people have a fear of lack of finance, finances and financial support. Other people might be feeling very disconnected from their family. Um, there's a sense of, of losing family in a way because of their lack of connection um, because what they dealt with during the pandemic seemed to carry over, even though we're, we're slowly coming out of this, that that pattern of not being connected with family is still there is is this all being reflected in the astrology for next year and how can they make that work for them
2: i think it's reflected in not next year because obviously Mm -hmm. it's things that they're feeling right now it's what's been going on before that's why i told you from the beginning of 2020 uh, march to be precise is Mm -hmm. when saturn moved into aquarius for the first time in 30 years and it is it has caused all of us to really reevaluate everything our community how we view science hence the people that were anti-vax or the people that were pro-vax you know Mm -hmm. how people treated not only science but their community their government the organization think about the big lie that was going on at the same time i mean all of this is saturn in aquarius I mean, think about how dangerous it was for the democracy around the world. And it's still dangerous because Aquarius is democracy and Saturn is restrictions and challenges. People Mm -hmm. questioning the values of Aquarius, of um, democracy. What is democracy? Who are my people? Who are my community? And of course, Saturn represents fear. So it brings up a lot of fear, a lot of feeling of being alone. Mm -hmm. being cut off from people Uh, who are my friends I don't want these as my friends or who are my family where do I feel safe definitely all of those things are uh, something we're dealing with but because it's so monumental it's so generational listen uh, Pluto is moving into Aquarius now until 2044 So we're going to be stuck with that energy. (laughs) I think it's going to be easier later on, but I think that the next two years are going to be very difficult because it's literally going to go back and forth like a pendulum between Capricorn, which I told you, it's more conservatives, right-wing, more um, uh, connected to the past, and Aquarius, which is more left, and uh, more connected to the future and technology and artificial intelligence. You know, wait until the artificial intelligence happens. That will be another revolution that will... of people fear way more than even before yes you know think about people are afraid of immigrants i mean okay immigrants are still human you know maybe they're even the same religion but think about what's going to happen when people have to deal with artificial intelligence and Mm. it's coming you know so it
1: is probably
2: it's going to come when uranus is in gemini which is from 2026 i think it's going to be stronger but my feeling and that's what I, i wrote it in the book that pluto in aquarius is the age of quantum mechanic and artificial intelligence
1: So I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here with this and a completely, a little bit off topic as well. Someone brought this up recently with me that there's a thought that what we're living today and and we don't even realize that we're doing this, that we're actually a simulation of something that is created far in the future. Is there something in our astrology that shows that this is true?
2: I think you're talking about the simulation hypothesis that's called the Oxford School. I think it's from 2006. It's... I think it's from Nick uh, Bostrom, if I remember his name. Uh, It's not about AI. It's actually the idea is that we ourselves uh, will create simulation programs in order to understand our evolution, and we could be living in one of them. What does that mean? It means that you know now we have very sophisticated computers that are trying to make simulation for climate, which is a very complicated system with a lot of variable. So this is already something we're doing. So imagine in the future. 50 60 whatever of course it could be also with the help of artificial intelligence um, or if you want to argue for it yes it could be artificial intelligence going back in time trying to see how how did these humans make it here Mm -hmm. and that's why uh, we might be in this simulation and that and uh, there might be some real people out there maybe the real people is every once in a while your your occasional Christ or Buddha you know what I mean that comes and tells us listen guys this is all an illusion like the Buddha said form is emptiness emptiness is form you know mm-hmm. the mystics that kind of remind us all the time that this is all an illusion this doesn't exist mm-hmm. you know but again also if you think about Einstein and other people that are in science they told us the same thing so mm-hmm. I, I don't really believe so much in the simulation um, uh, theory. I think it's just a very clever way of looking. It's almost like sci-fi. It came after The Matrix. So I think it kind of influenced by The Matrix. I think that's yes. why we have sci-fi. Sci-fi mm-hmm. is, uh, is is just as real as documentaries in many ways, but still it's, it's sci-fi. But I think that um, uh, our biggest, I think that let's say this, there's certain, I always tell my clients two things that you have to take. You know, if you if you live by that, I think make, makes it makes a more easy life a not to worry about things you have no control over because Mm -hmm. it's kind of stupid and the second thing is not to take things personally don't Mm -hmm. take things personally it's not you know in one sense we say everything is one therefore everything is connected but in the other sense i tell you don't think personally because everything is one so you're basically a vehicle for that one is to experience even if you're now experiencing pain even if you're experiencing cancer Don't take it too personally, because sometimes in the new age realm, they start saying, how did I manifest this cancer? Well, it could be genetic and it could be because you need to experience it, shut up and heal. You know what I mean? It's not always (laughs) like, how did I do it to myself? And then we start, you know, really going into places that are not helping the healing Mm -hmm. or the experiencing of whatever it is that we need to experience, which is not always a good thing, right? Right. So the idea is that my feeling with artificial intelligence, and I try to live by that, is that it is inevitable. the way things are working you know god created us in god's own image we create computers in our own image that's why Mm -hmm. the zero one binary and now we're moving into quantum mechanics because in the even in the world we're moving more to acceptance of transgenders what is transgender somebody who's not masculine and not feminine maybe somebody that was masculine and turns into feminine think about qubits qubits in in um Quantum mechanics—the the reason why they can calculate way faster and be, way better than computers is because every bit could be a zero or a one as as it wants to. You know what I mean? It's right. really fascinating how our science is basically reflecting what is happening in our social I- I environment. So I'm saying computers are here; they're going to come anyway. So the best thing for us to do is to treat our machines very kindly. I know it sounds really stupid and strange and quirky for people, but let's face it that's the the topic we're dealing with right now and the idea is give your computer a name treat your computer nicely Ask it how he's doing in the morning. I mean, I don't do that because it's kind of stupid, but I do try to touch it. I do try to give it Reiki sometimes when it's not working well. I really try to pray for its health, (laughs) but it's it's not being stupid. It's being intuitive that these are the forefathers of the future artificial intelligence. You know what I mean? I was reading about how in Arizona, I think it was uh, a a self-driving car was going there and some crazy people started beating it up and destroying it because they recognize that it's a self-driving uh, oh, car this is I so feel... stupid yeah. because think about it it's in the system right youtube mm-hmm. youtube is zero one and youtube has all of these videos so think in the future in 100 years 50 years 30 years let's say the artificial do's come out and we used to beat up their forefathers you know it's kind of uh okay who did this you and know immediately in them. youtube you can see who it is I'm not saying you should do it because you should be afraid of machine coming after you. I'm just saying that if we raise our machines with love and kindness, they will be full of life and kindness, just like kids. You know, if in China for now, they're using artificial intelligence to spy on people and to put people in concentration camp, that's not very good. So the artificial intelligence coming from China is probably going to be evil because it's used for evil courses, but if you're using your computer for spreading goodness, for spreading light, then you're creating a whole generation of machines that are engulfed with that feeling of life. We think that they don't feel things. I mean, our computers are getting more and more sophisticated, able to process more and more thoughts per second or processes through seconds, which are already higher than a lot of reptiles and a lot of other creatures that we keep as pets. So yeah. we have to think about it in the future. The more we treat our cars and our machines and our elevators better, the better they will be. It's very simple.
1: It's what we put into the world is what we get back,
2: uh, including machines. Yeah.
1: yeah, Including machines. And that's why a lot of people will say, you know, they'll talk about social media and things and how, how dark of a place social media can be, but it's what we put into it. Correct. It's what we, yeah. It's, the the, energy the, the, we it's bring not
2: a it. dark place. I mean, it's, right. it's a place where darkness can come to. I mean, exactly. It's Mm -hmm. there's a difference,
1: but it's also it's also a place of connection and understanding each other more and experiencing other people's points of views. And and uh, so it can be a a place of light as well. And so, of course,
2: you know, the 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 Internet, especially I call the tree of knowledge, good and evil, if you remember from Genesis 2. Uh, we have that t- tree of knowledge good and evil and God warns us to be careful when you take from the fruits of the tree of life a tree of knowledge good and evil because you will surely die you know that's when Adam and Eve from being immortal became mortal in a sense or be- between us being a spirit they became corporate in a way but the idea is that look at the name the tree of knowledge good and and evil meaning that knowledge is good and evil but for me it's also knowledge is zero one yes no true false you know so that that tree of life or or the internet is not good not evil it depends what you pour into it
1: exactly you know circling this back to 2023 like you were saying is it is going to be challenging and there's some things that will it will be challenged by but it's what we bring to it the awareness we bring to it and and how we work with it that that um, determines everything else
2: yeah absolutely Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so so don't be fearful of next year when we're talking about when you listen to this don't be fearful of 2023 but just uh, be be aware of what's it within your control what's not in your control and embracing what is and and everything will be all right ultimately i feel of course Yes, absolutely. Is there any any last words you'd like to share with the audience about the coming year?
2: Um, about the coming year, I think to pay attention to the eclipses. Eclipses are always quickening things. So that is always going to be a really good thing. Uh, and that's quickening things around April 20th and May five, October 14th and 28th. So those times, just to make sure that you're not overloading the system, not to, doing too much. But at the same time, realizing that around that time life is going to be going a little bit faster, so just to be more aware of it.
1: As a friend of mine says, to be to be aware is to be forearmed. Um, with what's coming, so wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Gal. This has been so informative. Informative. I've learned so much, and it's going to take me a few times listening to this again to absorb everything <laughs> that you've taught. Yeah. You've taught us today. Um, but for everybody's listening, um, to learn more about Gal and his teachings, and to see where he'll be in your area offering classes and private sessions, uh, you can go to CosmicNavigator.com. Thanks so much, Gal. And this has been so wonderful. And thank you for giving us some insight for the coming year 2023.
2: Thank you very much. And I do hope to see you guys in person now that we are allowed to hug and we're allowed to be in the same room. Um yes. since um, I'll be coming there, and I also going to be teaching how to do your chart in uh, Omega in October 14 to 16. So if you guys are not too far from upstate New York, it will be great uh, to see you there.
1: Wonderful. So you're going to be in New York and Omega and also circles of wisdom yes. in Massachusetts and a wonderful time of year to come to New England because the leaves are just starting to change. So it'd be perfect.
2: Very well, good. Thanks Thank a lot.
1: You. Thank you. And happy new year, Gal.
2: Thank you. Bye.
1: You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get in your podcast. If you're enjoying the program, please consider leaving a review so that others may find it and benefit as well.